ಸಂಪಶ್ಯಂಕರ್ತುಮರ್ಹಸೆ ಯದ್ಯದಾಚರತಿಶ್ರೇಷ್ಠೇತರೋ ಜನ ಸಯತ್ಪ್ರಮಾಕಸ್ತದನುವರ್ತದೆ ನ ಮೇ ಪಾರ್ಥಾಸ್ತಿ ಕರ್ತವ್ಯ ಶುಲೋಕೇಶು ಕಿಂಚನ ನಾನವಾಪ್ತಮವಾಪ್ತವ್ಯ ವರ್ತ ಕರ್ಮಣಿ ಲಾರ್ಡ್ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಇಸ್ ಪ್ರೆಸೆಂಟಿಂಗ್ ಡಿಫರೆಂಟ್ ಆರ್ಗ್ಯುಮೆಂಟ್ಸ್ ಬಿಫೋರ್ ಅರ್ಜುನ ಅಸ್ ಟು ವಾಯ್ ಅರ್ಜುನ ಶುಡ್ ಪರ್ಫಾರ್ಮ್ ಇಸ್ ಡ್ಯೂರಿ give the example of janaka there such sagely kings as janaka ashwapati and others here jana also gained perfection through karma through karma they gain purification of mind and even after gaining the wisdom also so karmana can be either way karmana samsiddhim asthitaha it is by karma is third case by karma that they attain perfection or karmana saha samsiddhim asthitaha or even after gaining perfection they continue to perform karma so either way if you look upon yourself as a seeker then of course you should follow the example of janaka and others that they gain purification of mind through karma you should do that if you think that you are a wise person then also janaka is an example because janaka and others continue to perform actions even after gaining the wisdom so both ways you should do that why should i if i am wise i don't need to do anything loka sangraham evapi is not for your sake but then for other people so loka sangraha is as you said is preventing the people from getting distracted or bringing up to the line of dharma to the right track people who are distracted and that is the duty of a king so among many things that king is supposed to do of course he is supposed to project protect his people and protection of people takes place by protecting dharma or righteousness by as you said encouraging and rewarding those who are on the path of righteousness and restraining and bringing back on the track those who are distracted from them from righteousness so this is what your duty is for that purpose may you continue to perform the action yad yada charati shreshtah further you are a shreshtha purushah you are a high you are a leader a highly respectable person a highly accomplished person which means that there are many others who look up to you and therefore you should set an example for them by your own conduct ಯದ್ಯದಾಚರತಿಶ್ರೇಷ್ಠ ಇನ್ ವಾಟ್ ಎವರ್ ವೇ ಎ ಶ್ರೇಷ್ಠ ಆರ್ ಅ ಲೀಡರ್ ಆರ್ ಎ ಪರ್ಸನ್ ಆಫ್ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆನ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ವಾಟ್ ಎವರ್ ವೇ ಹಿ ಆರ್ ಶಿ ಕಂಡಕ್ಟ್ಸ್ ದಮ್ಸೆಲ್ಸ್ ಅದರ್ ಪೀಪಲ್ ದೇ ಇಮಿಟೆಡ್ ದಮ್ ಫಾಲೋ ದ ಸೇಮ್ ಪಾಥ್ ಸಯತ್ ಪ್ರಮಾಣ ಕುರುದೇ ಇನ್ ವಾಟ್ ಆರ್ ದೇ ಅಪೋಲ್ಡ್ ಇಸ್ ಅಥಾರಿಟಿ ಲೈಕ್ ಸ್ಕ್ರಿಪ್ಚರ್ ಲೈಕ್ ಸೊ ದಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಅ ವೆರಿ ಫೇಮಸ್ ಎಕ್ಸಾಂಪಲ್ ಇನ್ ಇಂಡಿಯಾ ಇಟ್ಸ್ ಹೌ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಫಾಲೋ ಹೌ ದೇ ಚೇಂಜ್ after gautam buddha buddhism was spreading in india 
and certain kings also adopted Buddhism. The very famous king Ashoka, the emperor Ashoka, adopted Buddhism as his dharma. He fought a war in Kalinga and then realized what a destruction that he brought about and they say this is wrong. And thus he decided to adopt ahimsa, non-violence. And it appeared to him that Buddhism is the one that teaches non-violence, compassion. Because the Vedic dharma was, the Vedic rituals were sort of with a lot of corruption, a lot of violence or the animal sacrifice was justified. That's the reason why Buddhism came and teach or spread the message of non-violence, compassion. <coughs> so Ashoka also, Emperor Ashoka also adopted that dharma. And all people also became Buddhists. So that is how uh, when a leader turns, everybody, all the followers are going to turn. <coughs> See, the, one of the reasons why the Muslims and Christians were not able to completely convert India, they were able to convert a lot of people, but not the whole country, is because Hinduism doesn't have any hierarchy. There's no leader and follower that way. Everybody is a leader. So the Vedic religion is such that everybody has a freedom to pursue their own spiritual progress. The scriptures give the guidance. But there are no intermediary. The hierarchy, this is a chief here, and this is a follower. This such thing is not there. If such a thing was there, if Hinduism was an organized religion, all they need to do was to convert the top person. Then everybody else would also follow. But here, the Brahmins were the leaders of a, of a group. So they tried to convert the Brahmins. Some of them they did. Many of them did not cooperate with them. And that's the reason why majority of people could not be. So just that was a glory. That freedom of thought has the great importance in the, in, in the Vedic culture. And it's not an organized religion. Because <clears throat> now that's a big problem. That it's not an organized religion. That people are not organized. That's a different matter. But what we are saying is that whatever a shrestha person or a leader or a person of importance does, others automatically follow. <clears throat> Look at me. Lord Krishna gives his own example in three verses. Three In all the three words, there's nothing that I have to do or accomplish. Nanavaptam avaptavim. There's nothing unaccomplished that I have not accomplished. I have accomplished everything. Nothing remains to be done for me. Still, I constantly engage in action, activity. So, Partha here, Arjuna, you are also Kshatriya. I am also Kshatriya. And it is quite appropriate that you should follow my example. So, look at, look at Arjuna, look at me. I am the Shrestha Purusha. And therefore you should follow whatever I am doing. That also is a message there. <clears throat> Arjuna may say, why do you do that? Lord Krishna says, I am doing what I am doing for Loka Sangraha. For helping the people, for guiding the people to the right path, for establishing dharma of righteousness. That's why I am constantly acting. Why do you need to do that? What does it accomplish? Oh Lord Krishna, suppose... You did not bother to do what all you are doing. To help or guide the people. What will happen? That question is answered in the next verse, verse 23. Yadi hyaham navarteyam Jatu karmanya tandritaha Mama Vartmanu Vartante Manusha Partha Sarvashaha Yadihi Aham Navarteyam Jatu Karmani Atandrita. In fact, should Varteya grammatically. Varteya should be correct, but it is Varteyam here. There is a, an alternate reading of Varteya also. But generally, Vartayam is a reading that is accepted. Yadi Yehamna Vartaya. Here, Juna, if I do not engage myself in action as, I'm, as you see me doing, 
jātu kadāchit at any time, atandrita hasan, being vigilant, tandra means laziness, atandrita without laziness, without being vigilant. Here, Juna, if I did not engage in activity as I do for all the time, so even for a moment if I became lazy, if I do not perform my action vigilantly all the time, then what will happen? Mama Vartmanu Vartande Manushyaha. He partha, Mama Vartma, my path Anuvartande, people will follow my path. Because I am the Shrestha Purusha. And particularly there are great people like Manu and others who follow the path of Lord Krishna. So all of them will also follow my path. Mau Vartmanu Vartante Manusha in every way. In every way they will do as I do. <coughs> Let them do. Suppose you stop working. Suppose they follow your path, so what will happen? That is answered in the next verse, in verse 24. Utsi de yurime lokaha Nakuryam karma chedaham Sankarasya chakartasyam Upahanyami maaf prajaha. Nakuryam karma chedaham. If I not to perform the action, if I not to perform, let us say my duty. Even though Lord Krishna doesn't have a duty. Duty, the idea of duty applies to a person who is ignorant, to a person who is wise, who is established in his true nature who is spontaneously in the in harmony with the order, there is no duty. And still Lord Krishna says that, I perform my actions in a, in a stipulated manner, meaning that he does not conduct himself as he likes. Although we don't expect any wise person to conduct in a licentious manner anyway. Even though Lord Krishna says that however he conducts himself, <coughs> He always remains in me. So, it looks like a license is given to the wise person to conduct in whichever way the person likes. Lord Krishna also accepts. But then he knows that he would not do that. There is no reason why a person should violate the order anyway. The violation of order, violation of dharma happens when we are overcome by or controlled by our greed or temptations or anger. So when temptations, anger, greed, this kind of impulses, when they control us, that is when we find ourselves violating the values, violating the order. But what is wisdom? Wisdom is discovering total satisfaction with myself, which means discovering total satisfaction with everything. Everything as is, understand. Total satisfaction with what is. Because, why? Because what is is Purnam. Purnam eva avashishyade in the perception of a wise person, what is is Purnam, is complete, is whole. And therefore, total satisfaction with the way thing is because in his perception, everything is complete, whole. In that case, there is no question of any anger or any greed or temptation. When there is total satisfaction, there cannot be temptation. When I am happy with everything, there cannot be anger. When I am free from all the needs, there cannot be any greed. Therefore, the wise person is naturally free from temptations, from anger, from greed, from all these impulses. As we quoted in the morning, Advesta sarbhutanam maitraha karuna evacha nirmamo nirahankara. He doesn't have any even sense of ownership. No pride, no ego. <clears throat> that person will automatically conduct himself in keeping with the orders, spontaneously. Meaning that the person is spontaneously good. He does not have to make any effort to be a good person, he is spontaneously good.
That's the reason why we cannot, therefore, there is no need to instruct him, do this and do that, because what he does is automatically right. Like animals, you know. So says Shankaracharya at one point, Pashvad Avishayashad, in his Bhashya, a Brahma Sutra at one point, Shankaracharya says, because there is no Vishesha, no difference between a wise person and animals. Wow! Not that wise person has fallen in the category of animals. Just as animals are naturally, but they are programmed to be in harmony with the order. A wise person has achieved that perfection that is automatically harmony with the order. In that sense, there is no kartat, no sense of doership in either of them. <coughs> and so, Lord Krishna says that what I do is automatically in keeping with the dharma. And people will follow me if I don't do that. Nakuryam karma chedaham If I did not conduct myself the way I am conducting. Meaning if I was not an active participant. That's what it means. Lord, suppose I stop participating. Because I don't need it. I don't need to participate. By participation I don't have to achieve something. By not participating I don't have to lose anything. And therefore suppose I do not participate. You can't fault me. However, what would happen is, Yame lokaha utsi deyuhu, all these worlds will be ruined. People will be ruined. Here, lokaha means people. <coughs> Sarvaha lokaha prajaha, all this praja, meaning that all these worlds will be, or people will be destroyed. They will be ruined. Why would they be ruined? Because they also will not participate. You see, the whole idea of duty is that everybody should participate and contribute what is appropriate to their place in life and disposition. That's how the society was organized around everybody participating. So Lord Krishna says, I also participate. I also do what a king should do or what a person in my position should do. I do that. So that's the kind of lesson that people will get. Suppose I do not participate, then people would think that it is not necessary to participate, not necessary to contribute. Then they will not participate, they will not contribute, they will not do their duty. Suppose they don't do the duty, so what will happen? You know what is meant by duty? Duty means what is proper to do. Now what happens is, if people do not do what is right, they will wind up doing what is wrong. Why should it be? Because earlier Lord Krishna said that nobody can keep idle even for a moment because the inner pressure, the discomfort, the impulses compel the person to do something. If he does not do what is right, then that fellow will compel to do something, in which case he will do something wrong. See, dharma requires self-control. Dharma or duty requires a control over oneself. To be honest, to do what is appropriate, what is right, that all of that requires that I must keep under check my impulses to violate. Impulse to take liberty. If, if you give freedom to your mind, it will keep on taking liberty. And buddhi, there is intelligence, it will justify also. This is right. Oh, I've been studying, you know, I've been Swamiji. I've been disciplined, you know, all this life. I've never done anything. This is all right. You know, a little thing is okay. That's how Buddha will say, it's okay. A little more is okay. Little more is okay. And that's how, ultimately, what will happen is, disorder will prevail in the society. Because now, Brahmanas do not do what a Brahmana should do. They may wind up doing what a Kshatriya or Vaishya should do. Everybody will do something different from what they are expected to do. In which case, what we call the organization will not remain. Sankara Sajakartasyam. This is called Sankara Sankara. Remember, Shankara is different Sankara, you know. So, Sankara is one and Shankara is another one. Shamkarodi Shankara. This Sankara means intermingling. So, they have uh, in India, like they have uh, this Sankara. They have created different uh, kinds of cotton, let us say, cotton seeds. 
by intermingling things, you know, all hybrid. They call it Sankar 1, Sankar, the people Shankar Char, Shankar, you know, they use this Shankar. No, not Shankar, Sankar. Sankar means what? Hybrid, intermingling. Sankar karta syam. I will be karta. I will be the author of intermingling of the caste. Now, why are you so concerned about intermingling? That means that people do not do what they are required to do. If you do not do what they are required to do, then your impulses will control what you do. Then kama, krodha, lova. You see, for doing my duty, I have to keep under check my impulses of temptation, anger, greed. Then alone I can do what I am required to do. When I do not allow my mind to take liberties, I do not allow my mind to take shortcuts. When I am a disciplined person, then alone this duty of dharma is possible. It is not possible otherwise. Because dharma requires that I have to set aside my likes and dislikes and do what is proper. So not what I like to do, what is right to do. For doing what is right to do, I have to keep under check my tendency to do what I like to do. Now when that check is not there, then people will do what they like to do. In which case now, see Brahmana gets married to a Brahmana, does the action that are appropriate for a Brahmana. But now he says, what does a Brahmana get? You know, you just keep on deciding Vedas and what, there's no income. Look at Kshatriyadar, look at Vaishyas, you know. Those fellows are all traders, businessmen, you know, they make a lot of money. Why not I also do that? So Brahmanas will become Vaishyas. They will use even that trade also of, of, for earning money. And Vaishya will do something else and Shudra will, therefore there will be no Vyavastha, no order in the society at all. There will be total disorder in the society. There will be adharma in the society and that will bring about destruction to society. It is dharma of the order that sustains the society and then dharma it will destroy the society. Upahanyam imah prajaha I'll become the author of destroying this praja of the people by being instrumental in disrupting the order of dharma, disrupting the order of duty and by as though allowing people or Condoning people's licentious behavior, thus dharma will not remain, adharma will prevail, and I, who is Ishwara? Arjuna understand I have taken avatara in order to help people, to protect the people, to set them on the right path, and by not participating, I will wind up doing just the opposite. And that's not, that's why Arjuna, you see, me participating active. <coughs> So these verses can be understood as I. What is I? Lord Krishna, when he uses the pronoun I, in this particular case, he applies to the person Lord Krishna. Or you can say I means Ishwara. But don't look at the universe as Ishwara. I am constantly performing action. Nothing in the world, nothing in the creation is ever idle. Everywhere activity is going on, motion is going on, including even the atoms also. Lot of activity is going on. If I did not do that, if I stopped doing things, if the atoms did not whirl around, you know, and electrons and protons and whatever they are, if the earth stopped whirling around the sun, sun says, well, all right, let me take rest. Sun says, let me sleep over, you know, I'll I'll get up late three, four hours. Why should I every day wake up in the morning at the assigned time? Why should I do that? If this kind of things happen, then there will be no order at all in the universe. The whole universe will come to an end. It will get destroyed. So Ishwara also, look, what is the, uh, what is the rhythm in the whole universe? Is nothing but constant activity and duty, participation in the spirit of cooperation as we discussed yesterday. If I do not do that as Ishwara, then instead of cooperation, there will be competition. There will be fight among the different stars and planets and the whole universe will come to an end in no time. So I, whose job is to protect the universe, will become instrumental in destroying the universe. And that's the reason why I do what I am doing. And you are also like me. I am a Kshatriya, 
you're also Kshatriya, therefore you should take that lesson from me. So this one more reason that Lord Krishna has advanced here to establish why Arjuna should be performing his duty. <coughs> All right, now Arjuna is convinced that I should perform the duty. So listening to this, you are convinced? All right, now I should go into the world and do what is necessary to do. All right, now that you enlightened person, you know what the realities are. You know what the goal of life is. You know that moksha is the goal of life. You know what the ultimate nature of self is. You know that self is actionless. Actionlessness is the nature of the self. All of this now Arjuna knows because of teaching of Lord Krishna. So equipped with this knowledge or wisdom, if Arjuna goes and mingles with the people and works among them, as a karma yogi is required to do, what are the things that he should keep in mind? So Lord Krishna gives very beautiful instructions here, guidance here rather, in the following verses as to how a karma yogi should conduct himself or herself when working in the midst of other people who may, who do not have the benefit of this knowledge, who have never listened to Vedanta, who have not had the exposure to this teaching, who have no idea as to what the life is meant for. And this unenlightened people, uneducated, spiritual uneducated people, when you work among them, what are the things that you should keep in mind? In the verse, 25th verse, Lord Krishna says, Sakta karmanya vidvam saha Yatha kurvanti bharata Kuryad vidvam statha sakta Chikir shuruloka sangraham Yatha avidvamsaha saktaha santaha karmani kurvanti he bharata. He bharata he arjuna. Avidvamsaha, unenlightened people. That's how most people are. Here what is meant by enlightened is that one now who knows what it is all about in Puja Swamiji's words, who knows what it is all about. What is all about? The life is meant as a process for attaining moksha. And the karma that I do, my day-to-day activities that I perform, the, the attitude and perform the activities should be one of participation, contribution, cooperation, and rather than consumption or competition. You understand this. You realize also that you should not have any attachment to the result of the action. That your responsibility is for performing action. You perform action as an offering. As we discussed in the morning, out of the pleasure, it's a privilege to do things, this understanding you have. You understand, Arjuna, what is the value of karma or action? What a privilege it is to perform your action or duty. And that it is not wise to expect any further reward from what you do. Because if you get the reward, then you will want more reward, different kinds of rewards, and that's how you will always remain a beggar. Not only that, but more you satisfy the desires of a mind, more the mind will want, the variety it will want, more it will want. So Arjuna knows, now a karma yogi knows that I should perform actions without expectation of any personal reward. Further, he also knows that I should perform actions with the spirit of humility. As we again discuss in the morning, as to how when we do something, we are just instruments. That the whole world, in fact, Ishwara in the form of the whole universe, is participating in what we do. Every action is a cosmic event, you know. 
Every action is a cosmic event. Even an action such as simple action such as this, of my giving this talk, and you're listening to it, is a cosmic event. The whole cosmos participates in it. Does it not? All of you people are here. Now each one of you has his or her own various situations in which you have to make various kinds of adjustments. Suppose you want to come here for a week. Sometimes employers require that you have to plan your vacation one year in advance. So here before this time you may have already, you know, told your employer. You may have planned. And you see all your children are there and this fellow goes to that camp, that fellow goes here and that fellow goes... No, all of these ends you have to organize. And make sure that the whole family is free during this week. So all, so much adjustment has to be done. And then you travel from where you are to this place. You drive and come here safely. Now there also you enjoy the grace of the whole universe. All the motorists who are on the highway, they're all blessing you and helping you by not coming in your way. <laughs> you should also thank your car and manufacturer of car. It has given you a reliable motor car. Which doesn't stop in the middle, which doesn't, you know, turn around and skid and do all kinds of things. And it doesn't blow off the tire, doesn't blow off and something happens. All this did not happen. You know, we have no value, but then it is also, is it not? So if you add up the circumstances of all the people sitting here, and what all cooperation you needed in order to make this happen, you needed cooperation of probably 50 people, everybody needed cooperation of 50 people, and each of those needed the 50 people, if you add up, the whole universe will be involved ultimately. Not counting that there is a Gurukulam here and then there is this hall here and then there is all the public sound system here. The Swami is here. Who comes from some other location? Then the Swami can talk. His throat is working. His jaw is working. Really? Is it not so? It happened last year that I could not talk. Meaning that I could not participate in this happened. I was snatched away from the airport into the hospital and something, you know. Whatever was the reason. And so it can happen. So that being the case, and that can happen to anybody. So coming to think of it, such a simple event as this involves the participation and grace of the whole universe. Sun is shining is important. Rain is, the clouds are raining. Earth is still, there is no earthquake. There are no uh, hurricanes, there are no typhoons, and there are no whatever. Anything can be there. It's not there. Adhyatmika, Adhyhotika, Adhyadevika. At the individual level, everything is okay. At the elemental level, everything is okay. At the divine cosmic level, also everything is okay. That we can sit here peacefully, peacefully, you know, and listen to this is not an ordinary thing. If you were, I think, in Israel, in Palestine, in Kashmir, in Iraq, I don't know that you could even sit quietly like this with all kinds of bombs exploding all around you. Who knows? You never know what will explode from where. So, understand, what a privilege it is, even even this small action, simple action like this is a cosmic event. Like Karma Yogi understand this. He knows that I'm able to do what I can do because the whole Ishvara and the whole cosmos, in fact, is helping me, making it possible. His grace I'm enjoying, his favor I'm enjoying. So Karma Yoga, as we said, is an humble person. He knows that, he understands that I'm just one of the countless factors that go into making of an action. I'm just one of them. Maybe I'm an important factor, all right, but one of them. So there is no arrogance, there is no pride, there is humility, there is sense of gratitude, there is sense of devotion and, and you know gratitude comes by when you recognize how you are constantly the recipient of grace. So you, know, you understand all of this.
This called enlightenment. Even if Arjuna is not a wise person, but still is a wise person in that he understands all of this because of the teaching of Lord Krishna. He has a great privilege. As all of you have the privilege of listening to the scriptures, being exposed to the teaching. And so definitely all of you people are quite different from ordinary, you know, run-of-the-mill people. In terms of your understanding, your wisdom, in terms of your values, your attitudes. What do you consider important? What is valuable to you? You know, in all that respect, you are different. So now when a karma yogi with the, equipped with this understanding or wisdom goes and works among the people, what do you find? Satta avidvam saha karmani. You find that people are totally attached to their action. They are proud. I did it. You know, this is what normally you find people doing. What is asakti means attachment. Satta means attached. They are attached to karma as well attached to karma phala. People perform action for not as, as a charity. People perform action because from every action they expect a personal reward. Otherwise nobody will do anything. You don't go to work and you know, work for the whole month, 12 hours a day, with all kinds of stresses and to be told at the end of the month, this is your charity. Forget it. I'm not, nobody's going to do that. I want to be compensated. And the remuneration should be in keeping with my effort and my input. I make a demand. In India there are strikes every six months because that demand. That we, if this government servants get this, bank now employees should get this, if they get this, oh, well, well, and so uh, we should be rewarded properly. So this is how human beings work. That they always want personal reward. They want ego gratification, they want sense gratification, and that is what is the motivating factor. So what motivates a person to perform an action is the reward that comes as a consequence. It is not the action in which people are interested. If you give them the same salary, let's say you offer, make an offer, we'll give the same salary in all perquisites, stay home. He will stay home, he won't come. Most people won't bother to come. So, okay, because they come, because we are getting our paycheck. That is general attitude. Then what will you do? I'll play golf. I'll do anything. And so, uh, three days a week I'll do, I go to golf course. And then uh, other day I'll go for hiking. I'll go to movies. I'll do, I mean, uh, people will fill up their time with all kinds of activities. And freedom from stress. Freedom from conflict. Working means what? You interact with people. They keep on pushing your buttons. And so all likes and dislikes are pushed. So you react and they react and all sorts of things. Everywhere is going on. Any place. They say that in the kitchen when all these vessels are there, they always strike against each other, you know. And so where people are there, the egos are going to strike. That's what makes this work such a miserable thing, you know. That's why it's so stressful. And still we do it, because we are adequately rewarded. If you don't reward me, that's it. Here is my resignation. I'll go somewhere else. Sakta karmani avidvam saha. Here Juna understand that people do not understand the value of action or karma. To them, karma is merely a machine for producing karma phala, nothing else. They do not recognize that karma can become real an engine for your spiritual progress that they do not know at all. For them, karma or action that they could perform is merely a means of material achievements and nothing more than that. But who is a karma yogi? A karma yogi is a person who looks upon karma or his duty as a means of spiritual progress and not as a means of material growth. Material growth comes by the way, but primarily he looks upon his duty as a means of spiritual growth. So values are totally different. Value of a karma yogi and bhogi. People are all bhogis and you are yogi in the midst of bhogis. People are all consumers. You are a contributor in the midst of consumers. Then how should you conduct yourself? You will find other people are consumers. They are bhogis. They are self-centered, they are arrogant, 
Then egoistic. This is what you will find people. No, I won't go among them. You have to. Because when you, if you have to perform your duty and work, you have to work among them. Then Arjuna, how should you conduct yourself? Kuryad vidvam statha. But you find one thing in the people. They work hard. They are motivated. They are driven. Driven by their ambition. Driven by the prospect or reward that this action will bring them. That's what drives them. That's what motivates them. So their motivation comes from the karma phala, from the reward that the karma will bring. What is the motivation of a karma yogi? See, motivation is a very important thing in management also. Suppose we could bring these principles into our management, the whole universe will change. All problems will be solved. Right now the motivation is from the reward, karma phala. A karma yogi's motivation comes from karma, from the sense of duty, from the sense of, as I said, from this sense that I am privileged to contribute. For a karma yogi, it's not karma phala that is important, it is karma that is important. So change the motivation. Suppose, you know, Forget about organization. We can do this at least in our own family. But Swami children don't cooperate. At least the parents now, they, you know, the two spouses have heard this. At least these two persons can do this. What? A spirit of mutual respect and cooperation. Helping each other. Supporting each other. Being selfless with each other. Being non-demanding with each other. At least that much is, that's a great account, that to begin with. So, here Juna, when you go, you'll find other people like this, they're all self-centered, etc. But then one thing is there, that being motivated by the reward that the karma will bring, they are very, they are energetically and enthusiastically performing their action, that is for sure. But karma yogi, now I am not interested in result, therefore there is no enthusiasm. That, that can happen. Swamiji, karma yoga means what? Not attached to the outcome of the action. So outcome of the action is not the motivating factor. Then why should I do this? So tatha, you should also act with the same enthusiasm. Except your motivation should come from a different source. Kuryad vidvam satha asaktaha. You remain unattached. You remain unattached to the outcome. You remain unattached also to the action in the sense that, as I said, don't claim the authorship. Don't have the arrogance or, or abhimanam, ego about what you are doing. Do things that with humility. Do things as a devotee of Ishvara. And accept the outcome or the results as prasada of Ishvara. That's called Asaktaha, kuryad vidvam stata asaktaha, unattached. Unattached to the ego, unattached to the results. But tatha, with the same enthusiasm, this karma yogi also should act. Then what is his motivation? Chikeshu loka sangraham. He is for loka sangraham, chikeshu, desirous of doing loka sangraham. For serving the people, serving the society, serving the community, being a karma yogi. So may your motivation come from your being a contributor. That recognize, as I said, that there is a privilege that you are enjoying and let that give you the enthusiasm. Because karma must be performed with enthusiasm. Action must be performed always with utsah, with enthusiasm. No point in performing action without enthusiasm. So karma yogi, because you know, that's all right, you know, it doesn't matter what I do, it doesn't matter what the outcome is, what does it matter, what I, you know. No, it should be done with all tatha, with the enthusiasm with which other people do, with a similar enthusiasm, you also perform your action. So outwardly you look like them. They also are working hard, enthusiastically, you also work hard, enthusiastically. But inwardly there is a lot of difference. 
their motivation comes from attachment and from the promise of the reward. Your motivation comes from the sense of offering or contribution. A big difference internally. So thus, maintaining your values may work among them with the same enthusiasm. <coughs> and set an example by your action and don't start giving them lectures. Don't start giving upadesha to them. Do not volunteer unnecessarily. People offer many things, you know, unnecessary volunteering. They give information. Swami, this fellow did, why do you have to say that? This is what happened, but why? What's the reason for saying it? Sometimes in conversation people say things that are out of context, but they say it because there is something happening inside, no? So you know something and you are just eager, you know, to, to somehow talk about it. So people just talk because there is a compulsion to talk and they wanted information. And so they start giving, because you heard this Bhagavad Gita, you are so enthused, so inspired and you also start saying, giving lectures to people, Lord Krishna, don't do that. That's what the next verse says here. Nabuddhi bhedam janayet Ajnanam karma sanginam Joshayet sarva karmani Vidvan samacharan Ajnanam, karma sanginam, Ajnanam, the unenlightened, the unwise. Meaning, unwise means the worldly people, the samsaris, the worldly people, the bhogis. That's what people are. Karma sanginam, therefore, the natural attachment for karma as well as karma phala. You see, people even fight for karma also. Then, uh, you see, very often, we judge ourselves by what we do. We judge ourselves by the outcome and brand ourselves success or failure. That's one attachment. Secondly, we judge ourselves also by what we do. And therefore, whether a given task is important or not, I won't, this is not my job. I won't do this. Like many children in our cultural program also, they do not want to perform certain roles. I want to become Rama, I want to become king, I don't want to become just a doorkeeper. That's identification with karma. I judge myself based on what I do and therefore sweeping the street will be a menial job. I can't do that. That's what happened in India actually. Although that was not the intention of this caste system, but that's exactly what happened. That Brahmana's duty is this, Kshatriya's duty is this, Vaishya's duty is this, Sudra's duty is this. Ideally, in a non-competitive society, all the actions or all the duties had equal dignity. Nothing was superior, nothing was inferior. So, everybody performed their duty with a sense of dignity. But slowly when ambitions came into picture, when Arthakama became important, when Dharma lost its value, then your status became very important. Your income became very important. Your power became important. So that is when people started judging themselves based on what they do. And that is why, and that is exactly what is happening right now. And that is how people felt that they were exploited also. So Shudras are doing menial job. Swamiji a Shudra has no chance of becoming a Brahmana. He doesn't have the freedom to do what he wants to do. They always ask this, when we talk of Varana, when we talk of caste system, etc., and, and explain the, the, the principle or the spirit behind that, immediate question is, does it mean that a Vaishya has to only do this job and he cannot do the job of Brahmana? Why does this question arise? Because Vaishya does not have the same income that a Kshatriya has less or same status as a Kshatriya has, provided status. So if the duty is important, status is not important, then what you do is important. 
in ideal arrangement, the duty is important. Not what you do, but that you participate, that is important. So status, etc. did not matter. Everybody was happy doing what they were required to do. They were happily doing it. Once the idea of status came, idea of power came, when all these ideas came, then the competition, instead of cooperation, the competition started. But Swamiji said it was a non-competitive society. As long as non-competition was there, so long everything functioned very smoothly. Once, once the competition, ambitions came, competition came, then this vyavastha cannot work at all. <coughs> so then, you start judging yourself based on what you do. This is a work of lower dignity. This is a duty of higher dignity. And so I judge myself as lower or higher depending on what I do. Then attachment to duty, karma. I'll do that and not do this. So you find this is how people are. So karma sanginam, attachment to action, attachment to one's status, attachment to the image, attachment to the income, attachment to the ambitions. This is what people are. And so, what motivates them to perform action? I'll do this, and this will be the reward I will get. Then this is what, how will I enjoy? He's interested in the salary that he gets, so he can plan his vacation. This year I'll go to Hawaii, next year I'll go to Bahamas, third year I'll go to Alaska, I'll take a cruise in Mediterranean, whatever it is. So that is a motivating factor. And that motivates them to work hard. So Lord Krishna says, Na vedam janayel. You do not disturb that understanding. Meaning that whatever notion, buddhi here means whatever notions they have, whatever understanding they have about what is the role or purpose of karma, what the purpose of life is, they have some understanding. They have an idea of success, that more you have, more successful you are. Success is measured on what you have rather than what you are. For a karma yogi, success is based on what he is. For a bhogi, success is measured by what he has. But anyway, Arjuna, na buddhi vedam janayet. And so, you do not disturb the understanding of these people. Don't say, hey, come on now, what is, what are you doing? There is no happiness in these material things. And you should not be attached to the result of the action. You should perform whatever action comes on your way. Don't compete with anybody. Become a contributor. Don't remain a bhogi. Become a yogi. His swarga is not the goal of life. Moksha is the goal of life. So we'll start telling all of this to them. Don't do that. Meaning do not change or disturb their understanding. They think they want to go to swarga? Fine. He wants to be wealthy? Fine. Because that is what motivates him to do. Suppose you say, what is there in wealth? As happened to Arjuna. Kim no rajjena govinda, kim bhogehi, kim jivitenava. Oh Lord, what is there in victory? What is there in kingdom? What is there in means of happiness? Then people will lose total enthusiasm because their motivation will be destroyed, gone completely. Therefore, what is important is that they do something. And do with motivation. Whether motivation is right or wrong, they are working enthusiastically. That is important. Na buddhivedam janayet. So also, this is an instruction to everybody. You go home. One of the spouses comes here, let us say, and gets all equipped with this upadesha, the teaching. You just go home and start giving this upadesha to others. That's not what Gita says. Don't do this. Don't do that. That's not right. People won't tolerate that. Do not volunteer to ever give upadesha to anybody. If somebody wants to know what did, what did you learn in this retreat, then it's okay. And that too also you should know whether is an honest question or there is some other intention behind that question. <laughs> because sometimes what you tell them comes back to you. Oh, that's what you said the other day. That's what your Swamiji taught you. This is how you are behaving, you know. And so, so Manusmudi says, Na kasajit One should not say this to anybody who has not asked for it. 
Unasked, you should not volunteer to impart this teaching to anybody. Natsa anyayana pruchyata. Even if somebody asks you, if their asking is also not honest, if there is some other intention behind that asking, then also you are not obliged to tell them. Janan napihi medavi, jarvallo kamacharet, manusmriti, even if you know the answer, you behave as though you don't know. Manusmriti says, if they don't ask you, don't say anything, as though you don't know anything. If they ask you, but improperly ask you, then also behave as though you don't know anything. It's quite all right. Because this giving upadesha to undeserving person may harm that person and then through that it may harm you also. So, na buddhi arjuna, when you go and work among people, do not start giving them lectures. Don't say atma is actionless, you should not have this, you know, you should not have the identification that I am doing this, you should not have that notion. And you should never attend to karma for life. You should have the moksha is the goal of life. Give up this attachment to this wealth and these material things. Don't do all this. Because suppose by your advice they give up this attachment. So attachment to material thing is given up. Attachment to moksha has not arisen. There's no atta- it is attachment that motivates the person to do things. Understand? One cannot live life without attachment. Swamiji, Vedanta teaches that you should give up attachment. You know, how can I give up attachment to my children? How can I give attachment to my spouse? Don't give up, please. That's what I tell them anyway. You cannot live your life without attachment. Because that is what motivates. Why, sh- why am I doing something for this child and not for any other? Because this is my child. Why do I want to decorate this home? This is my home. So all my enthusiasm comes because of my attachment, really. We want, of course, to become free from that attachment, no doubt. It's not that you can just pluck the attachment away. One attachment should be replaced by another attachment. You cannot be, that cannot be a vacuum of attachment. When you have discovered attachment for moksha, then alone you can give attachment for sarga. Then go away. Attachment is to go by itself. You don't have to give it up. You cannot give it up. So as you discover something better, then the attachment of the lower automatically goes away. As Lord Krishna says, Rasopyasya param drishtva nivartate. A person normally has a lot of attachment for the pleasures coming from the objects of the world. It will not go away like that. Even if you create distance with the things, the attachment will not go. You can create distance. You can also decide, I'm not going to watch TV, I'm not going to go to movies, I'm not going to eat this food, I'm not... That you can do. But in your mind, you watch movies mentally, you keep doing those things. Because attachment for those things are not gone. And important is to become free from attachment. And how do you become free from attachment? By discovering attachment for something superior. Something superior, attachment for something superior, or experience of something superior, enables you to become free from the attachment to what is inferior. This is the rule. Now, by your upadesha or teaching or advice, these fellows say, oh, what you are doing is wrong. I should not have attachment to material things. I should not have the arrow. I should not have the ego. I should not have this. Okay, he gives up that, suppose. But then in its place, attachment of moksha is not arisen. The value for detachment is not arisen. There's a vacuum. In which case, he loses all the enthusiasm to live life. Very often it happens to Vedantic people also. Listening to Bhagavad Gita, and all the time listening about detachment, 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 and this, and you know, and hearing that there is no happiness in the objects of the world, there is no, you keep on hearing that. So then you say, okay, there is no happiness here, I am not supposed to enjoy this. So you have stopped going to parties. I don't go to weddings anymore. I don't do this, because it's, there is a guilt now, because Swami has explained to us that this is all, you know, there is no happiness there. So you give that up. But then, what else do you do? They still, they have not discovered the attachment of Bhagavad Gita, that he can listen to tapes and he can do this. 
And then there is vacuum. What is important is enthusiasm for living life. Where it comes from? As long as the source is legitimate, of course. I mean, you know, as long as there is a legitimate source, even if it is worldly objects, as long as your enjoying them is within the limits of dharma, so long it's okay. Until you discover a greater value. <clears throat> Therefore, this is a rule that applies to everything. Do not ever do not ever damage the shraddha or the belief of a person. Everybody lives a life based on certain belief. Lord Krishna says in the Gita, Yo yashraddha sevasaha. What is the nature of a person? A person is as good as his or her beliefs. What the person considers valuable, considers important. That's what a person is. And don't strike at the belief. Oh, what? You are a Hindu? Worshipping so many gods? Doing this, that and so forth. You strike. Or whatever else. This is the, an example that comes to my mind. But anything else. Suppose a person is going someplace. You know, because there are so many... Uh, uh, spiritual supermarket. And so many choices are available. And so somebody goes, this, somebody offers this package, somebody offers that other package, and then says, what is, what are you doing here? I'm wasting your time. And that person, because he has respect for you, he may think that he's wasting the time. But then what? Now his shraddha, there is gone. Shraddha in something else is not created. Person is totally devoid of shraddha. Then that person is destroyed. And therefore, never attack the belief of a person. Don't attack don't dismiss. Because a person is as good as a belief. That's what keeps a person going. If you find that the belief is wrong, be gentle. And Lord Krishna says that you should teach by, your, by setting an example by your behavior rather than by your words. In your family also, if you want that, people, Swamiji, I want that my husband or my wife should also do this. Okay. When will your husband do this? Well, he doesn't believe in this. But when will he do that? Suppose you are attending Vedanta classes. If your husband finds that you benefited from that, that now you are easy to deal with, let us say, that now his problems are, you know, are fewer, then he sees that something has happened to this person. You know. I think Guru Kulam has done something to her. Let us see what do they have to offer. So, you see, it is by your setting an example. You show by your own life that what Vedanta does to you, how it helps you to become a better person, a simpler person, easier to relate with, less complex, less demanding. If these immediate effects are seen, anybody will wonder and and say, where, where are you going these days, you know? People will ask you, there seems to be some change, you know? Where are you going? What are you doing these days? What are you reading? Where are you going? Then say, I am going to Arshavidya Gurukulam. Oh, what is that? Our Swamiji is whatever. Now, the curiosity is arisen. Now is the right time. He is asking question in a genuine way. You suddenly tell them. Until then, no point in giving Upadesha. And if you find that people do not respect you, you cannot demand respect. We will only command respect by being what we are. Meaning that if you want other people to take interest in Vedanta, your children also, the children to discover some change in the parents, then the children will be automatically, so why my father and my mother, you know, really, they are great people. So, So they also want to be like that. And so... But otherwise, Nabuddhi Vedam Janai, do not disturb the belief of the people, the understanding of the people, do not unsettle them. Because a person is as good as understanding. If understanding or belief or shraddha becomes unsettled, person becomes unsettled. <coughs> that is a great damage, as Puja Swamiji says, conversion is violence. Why is it violence? Because by converting, you are unsettling the fundamental belief of this person. 
ये सडन बिलीफ एंड यू आर आस्किंग टू बिलीव समथिंग एल्स एंड दस यू आर अटैकिंग द वेरी कोर पर्सन यो ये श्रद्धा है श्रद्धा इज वॉट मेक्स अ पर्सन एंड यू यू अटैक दैट श्रद्धा अनसेटल दैट श्रद्धा जिट मीन्स दैट यू आर अटैकिंग और डिस्ट्रॉइंग द ओरिजिनल बेसिक पर्सन दैट्स वाई कन्वर्जन इज वायलेंस मीनिंग दैट यू आर इनफैक्ट डैमेजिंग इज श्रद्धा यू आर डिस्ट्रॉइंग इज श्रद्धा वॉट शुड यू डू जोशेत सर्वकर्माणी विद्वान युक्त समाचरण लॉर्ड कृष्णा से दैट ए कर्म योगी शुड सेट एन एग्जाम्पल समाचरण यू शुड परफॉर्म इज ड्यूटी वेल युक्त है बींग रिमेनिंग डिलीजेंट यू रिमेन योगी बी डिलीजेंट माइंडफुली डू यूर एक्शन वेरी वेल सो पीपल सी हे दिस वेल इज डूइंग वेरी वेल इज डूइंग बेटर देन एस पीपल थिंक दैट ऑल दिस कर्म योगी भक्ता दैट गुड फॉर नथिंग दैट्स वॉट दे ऑल्सो थिंग यू नो हु गोज टू वेदांत एंड लर्निंग पीपल आर गुड फॉर नथिंग Who is a bhakta or a devotee? Who is good for nothing else? No. We expect that by exposure to this teaching, and by a new set of values and attitudes, and by the new perception the teaching gives, we should become not only better people but even more effective people, because fewer stresses and fewer conflicts. So, yukta hai a yogi arjuna. You be remain yogi, a person of focus, diligent, and do your job well. Joshet sarva karmani. You create in them a love for action. Create in them a value for action, rather than disturbing or unsettling their faith or belief. Create in them a value for action, and you earn their respect. When they look up to you, then you can slowly bring about change in them. So when can you? Even if you want to help a person, when can you help a person? When the person looks up to you, when you have respect to that person, when your words are important to the person, otherwise your words have no value. So when you become, your words become valuable. Wait for the time, and then you can help them, even by teaching them, by sharing your knowledge with them. Certainly do that when the right time comes. But until then, just set an example for them. <clears throat> okay, we'll continue in next class. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachade Purnasya Purnamadaaya Purnameva Vasishade Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. शंकर शंकराचार्य केशव वादरायण सूत्रभाष्यकृत वंदे भगवतुनःश्वरो गुरात्मे मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योमद्याप्तहाय दक्षिणामूर्त नम शातिशातिशाति हरि ओ श्रीगुरुभ्यो नम हरि ओ